the greatest of all prayers, the Lord's Prayer. And this morning we're going to focus on the fourth petition, which is give us this day our daily bread. There's an outline provided for you if that's, if that's of help to you. Jesus said to His disciples, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, once again, as we turn to the Lord's Prayer, I want to ask that You would teach us and instruct us. And as we talk about bringing our concerns to You, Father, I pray that if there are any Job-like people here this morning, that You would especially minister to those who are hurting. And I think of Job when he was struck by Satan and on one occasion he thought he would never see happiness again. But he was wrong. He did see happiness again because you intervened in his life. And Father, if any here this morning are experiencing that hopelessness, I want to pray that you would especially touch them and that they would leave here with hope knowing that they have a Father in Heaven who cares about every single need and concern that they feel. So Father, will You minister to us in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name and for His sake as well as ours. Amen. You may be seated. As we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, we've seen that we are provided with a pattern to follow and not just a rote prayer to say, even though it's okay to say it. We said it earlier this morning. Uh, But specifically, Jesus is giving us a pattern to follow. And part of the beauty of this pattern is its comprehensiveness. In other words, in the outline of this prayer, it takes into account every single possible need that we may have. It covers, as one pastor said, great things, small things, spiritual things and material things, inward things and outward things. There is nothing that is not included in this prayer. And it's for this reason that when we pray the Lord's Prayer and we get done, we feel like we prayed. Because we really have covered those things that are most important to God as well as those things that are most pressing to us. Now, as we come to the fourth petition this morning, um, there is an obvious shift in focus that takes place. In the first three petitions, we prayed about God's name, and then we prayed about God's kingdom, and then we prayed about God's will, and now you'll notice that we are praying about us. We are praying about our need for bread, our need for forgiveness, and our need for deliverance. However, the purpose of these petitions is not to leave God's agenda behind as we go, okay, now now let me pray for the things that are really pressing upon us. 
that are really of concern to me. Part of the reason why we pray for these last three petitions is so that we can fulfill the first three petitions. We want God to meet our needs. We want God to forgive us and for God to deliver us from sin and the devil so that we can glorify His name. So that we can seek first His kingdom like He's calling us to. And so that we can carry out His will. So let's remember that there's a relationship between the first three petitions and the second three petitions. Perhaps something we could ask at this point is, when we go before God in prayer, what are the things that are most pressing on our minds? What are we most concerned about? And to be honest, I think it's good that we have this pattern in the Lord's Prayer uh, because I find myself rebuked here. Uh, because when I go before the Lord in prayer, often what's pressing upon me is not the glory of God's name. Uh, I'm not concerned enough, if I'm honest with you, that His kingdom isn't growing and advancing like it should and that His kingdom isn't done on earth as it is in heaven. Too often the burden is, well, I'm going through this and I'm concerned about this and I'm suffering in this way. Now let me say, it's okay to bring all those concerns before God. Uh, we should bring those concerns before God. Let's remember, we are praying to a Father in Heaven who cares about all that we are going through. But at the same time, we need to be praying about the things that are important to God as well. Now, we're coming to this fourth petition. And it's really very simple if you think about it. Give us this day our daily bread. What, what could be... Uh, more straightforward, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Yet, in this simple request, um, there are many implications. And this morning, I want to draw just four implications that we find in this request. The first implication is that our Father wants us to express all our concerns to Him. Our Father wants us to express all our concerns to Him. Nothing is too trivial to bring to God. And again, let's remember that we are talking to our Father in heaven. And I know every week I come back to that again and again and again, but I think that's important. And I find that as I counsel people and they're going through difficult situations, I remind them, remember who you're praying to. You're praying to your Heavenly Father. And your Heavenly Father cares about the things that you are going through. So nothing is too trivial to bring to God. Our Father in Heaven never goes, don't bother me with that. That's, that's so petty. He never says that. He's always concerned about what we're going through. You know, there's also something else that I find significant in the shift here. And... I bet you probably haven't even noticed it. And that's because we pray the Lord's Prayer all the time. We prayed it again this morning. And what happens when you pray something over and over and over, it just becomes rote and, and you don't think about it. But notice the shift from the great, the glorious, and the majestic to the mundane. Has that ever hit you? We begin by praying for God's name to be hallowed, for His kingdom to come, for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we say, Lord, can I have some bread today? 
and, and again, that shift probably doesn't even strike us because we pray it all the time, but we're talking about these great and glorious, majestic things, and then we say to God, could I have something to eat? But that transition reminds us that God does care about everything that we go through. And let's not limit the bread here to physical bread. Um, bread here represents food, and bread represents whatever needs we have, whatever concerns we have at the moment. We can bring all those before God, and we should bring all those before God and tell Him what we're feeling, what we're experiencing Him, or what we're experiencing, and let me say, tell Him what we would like Him to do. And, and here's a challenge I have for you, and and honestly, this, this is difficult when you think about it, but my challenge is for you to be specific. To be really specific. To be so specific that when God answers, you can see that He answered. So if, if you need food, then ask God for a job. Maybe you're having difficulty providing for your family because you're unemployed. Ask God to provide you for a job. Maybe to ask Him to provide you with the job in the next two weeks. Maybe to ask Him to provide you with a job in the next two weeks in this specific field. Maybe to ask Him to provide you with a job in the next two weeks in this specific field and just just go right on down the list. Um, often, and I, again, just looking at my own prayer life, our prayers are so general. If God answered, we, we wouldn't even recognize it. Uh, but be real specific. Just pour out your heart to God and say, this is precisely what I need. Now, let me also point out something in this petition that you may have not have noticed. And again, because we just say it all the time, but have, have you noticed how redundant this is? Give us this day our daily bread. Is that kind of redundant? Give us this day our daily bread. The, the stress here is obviously on the daily because it's mentioned twice. And of course, when it's mentioned twice, we don't call that a redundancy, right? Uh, we call that being emphatic. And what's being stressed here is that every single day, go to God and tell Him what you need. And perhaps you're going through a difficulty right now because God wants you to come to Him every single day. And you know what happens if we don't have needs? Often we don't go to God. We're not drawn. Everything's okay. Maybe just pray in passing, you know, just really quick. And maybe God's bringing a difficulty into our life so that we will slow down, get down on our knees, and pour out our hearts to God. Because God wants to relate to us. I love this story by Pastor um, D. Duke, and, and my kids love this story, so I'll share it with you again. Uh, but he tells a story from his childhood, and he says that when he was in junior high, his aunt and uncle came to visit him for the first time in his life. And he says during their visit, his uncle would occasionally pull out a nickel out of his pocket and give it to him. And he said he was thrilled because this was back in the 1950s, uh, when a nickel was worth a lot of money. That's, that's what they tell me anyways. Will told me that on one occasion. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, Dee says he worked up enough courage to ask his uncle for a nickel instead of just waiting for him to hand him a nickel. And sure enough, his uncle 
handed him a nickel. Now his mother overheard this and she was upset. But his uncle said, no, it's okay. He can ask for a nickel anytime he wants. Uh, so more than once, uh, he followed his uncle around and every so often he would ask his uncle for a nickel. And sure enough, his uncle would reach into his pocket, pull out a nickel and, and give it to his nephew. Well, one day he noticed uh, that his uncle's pocket was bulging with nickels. <laughs> and he said to his uncle, you know what, instead of me just bothering you all the time, asking you for a nickel, why don't you just give me all the nickels now and we can get over with it? And his uncle said, no, we're not going to do that. He said, I came up with this scheme on the way to visit you. He said, I wanted to get to know you, so I thought if I would give you a nickel occasionally, we could spend time together. He said, I'm not going to give to you all at once. But whenever you ask, I'll give you a nickel. And I did this because I wanted to spend time with you. And Dee said he was absolutely flattered that his uncle would want to spend time with him. That's how God is. God wants to spend time with us. And believe it or not, maybe we're going through a difficulty because God is saying, I want to spend time with you. I want you to come to me. I want you to pour out your heart to me so that we can spend some time together. And again, he wants, us, he wants to do this on a daily basis. Second implication of this prayer. Our Father wants us to trust Him to meet our needs. Our Father wants us to trust Him to meet our needs. If we need bread, we are to go to Him first and foremost, and to ask Him to provide for us. I think when Jesus mentioned this to the disciples the first time, they may have thought back to the manna in the wilderness. Remember after God delivered the uh, Israelites out of Egypt and for 40 years they did figure eight wandering through the wilderness. And every morning, six days a week out of seven, manna would come to them from heaven and they would go out and they would pick it. And God would take care of them every single day with angel's food. Or maybe the disciples thought of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then the 4,000. How are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus prayed and multiplied the fish and the loaves so that they could be fed. Maybe they thought of Him turning water into wine so that there could be a celebration continuing on at the wedding feast. This fourth petition is a prayer that somehow, in some way, God will provide. It's a prayer that somehow, in some way, God will provide and that we will trust Him to provide. That we will trust that somewhere along the way, He will intervene. Uh, perhaps this is a prayer for a miracle. Maybe God sometimes brings us between a rock and a hard place so that we have no choice but to look to Him and cry out to Him so that He can provide in a miraculous way and so that we can then praise Him. If you know anything about George Mueller, you may know that he's known for especially two things. Uh, he founded orphanages and he is known for his incredible faith. Um, if you think about uh, those in missionary service who are known for their faith, George Mueller is such a man. This is what one account says. Uh, the house mother of one of the orphanages informed George Mueller, 
The children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining hall and have them sit at the tables. And just picture the 300 kids in an orphanage. There's no food. George Mueller, take them down to the dining hall, have them sit down at the table, and then he thanked God for the food and waited. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. Sitting down, no food. Knock on the door as the baker brings it in. Soon there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. <laughs> His cart had broken down in front of the orphanages. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was, was fixed. He asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in ten large cans of milk. It was just enough for three hundred thirsty children. God will provide. Somehow, in some way, as we trust Him. He wants us to turn to Him so that we can see what He will do. And you know what maybe is the hardest part? Waiting. <laughs> Reading that again this, this week, maybe it was even this morning, I can't remember, in the Psalms. I turned to God and I waited. <laughs> and then we could ask, how did we wait? Did we wait impatiently? Did we wait in faith? But sometimes that's the hardest part. Waiting to see what God will do. But we need to wait trusting that He'll meet our needs. Third implication. Our Father wants us to be filled with gratitude when He does provide. Our Father wants us to be filled with gratitude when He does provide. Uh, God is very serious about thankfulness. Turn to Deuteronomy 28, if you will. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy 28. context is the Israelites, they're at the end of their 40-year wandering period in the wilderness. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses lays before the Israelites blessings for obedience and cursings for disobedience. And he's letting them know God is going to bring you finally into land flowing with milk and honey and you're going to uh, enjoy vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to enjoy homes that you didn't build. And when you come into that land and you are greatly blessed, remember that it was God who provided for you. And remember to continue to serve Him. And then this is what we read in Deuteronomy 28, verses 45-47. to 47. After the blessings and the curses, Moses says, All these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes that He commanded you. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. Now, it's interesting. I, I saw that before. Uh, God says, 
you're going to be punished if you don't serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart. But for whatever reason, I, I missed this last phrase, which is very significant. Because of the abundance of all things. See what he's saying here? God is going to bless you in incredible ways. And because of that, you need to serve the Lord with joy. Which means when God does bless us, we need to be thankful. And here's the truth of this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, Probably, hardly anybody in here has to pray that literally. Because we have more than daily bread in our refrigerators, our freezers, and our cupboards. So when we get to this petition, it's, it's, Lord, thank You that I have enough for a month if I wanted to. For most of us, this is a petition to be grateful. And we need to realize that God wants us to be grateful. He wants us to say thank You to Him. Because He has blessed us with much more than bread. And notice the petition is not, give us this day my Starbucks cappuccino on the way to work. (laughs) Five, six dollar coffee. (laughs) Overpriced. It's not, give us this day our daily steak, daily prime rib. But here's the truth. Many of us do enjoy a cappuccino. Steak. Prime rib, which means that God has given us far more than we have asked. But even if He just gives us bread, we have every reason in the world to be thankful. I love the story of the poor widow who barely had anything to survive and and she sat down at her table getting ready to eat dinner and her dinner was literally just bread and water. And before she ate her dinner, she bowed her head in in prayer. And she prayed sincerely, not mockingly, sincerely saying, all this and Jesus too. She understood that if she had bread and she had Jesus, she was a most blessed person and she could genuinely thank God. And most of us have much more than that. So we can be thankful for all that God has. And we need to be thankful. Uh, R.C. Sproul made a great observation about the manna in the wilderness. He said, first they stopped giving thanks for God for the manna. Then they stopped asking God for manna. They just assumed that it would be there. And then the next thing that happened was they were grumbling because of the manna. Because that's all that God gave them. Manna, manna, manna. Manna cakes for breakfast. Maybe manna bread for lunch. Maybe boiled manna for dinner. Maybe manna splits for dessert. I don't know. <laughs> manna, manna, manna. They stopped being thankful and then before you knew it, they were grumbling because that's all that they had. Um, we need to be thankful for everything that God gives us. And a final implication. Uh, our Father wants us to pray for more than bread. Misunderstand. I didn't say He wants us to pray for less than bread. But He wants us to pray for more than just physical bread. There is a reason why give us this day our daily bread is the fourth petition and not the first petition. 
that alone reminds us there, there are some things in this life more important than bread. Like God's name, God's kingdom, and doing God's will. And again, it's not wrong to pray for bread. We should pray for bread. But we need to put that in its proper context. And we need to be careful that we're not content with bread. Remember, man cannot live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, there is a hunger that is deeper than the hunger of the stomach. Turn to John 6, if you will. Context of John 6 is that Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000 and they said, this is wonderful. Um, he just prays to God and, and fish and loaves are, are multiplied and, and we can sit down and have a feast. This is wonderful. We should make Him king. <laughs> and they wanted to make Him king and Jesus knew that. So He withdrew. He said, no, no, no. I, I'm not here just to give you physical bread. Um, he wasn't going to be abused like that. So he went away. And the crowds, they followed Jesus. Why did they follow Jesus? Well, Jesus tells us why they were following Him. He wasn't fooled. He knew exactly what was going on. And this is what John 6.26, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking Me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves. What he's saying here? He's saying you didn't see the signs. In other words, when Jesus performed the miracle of multiplying the loaves, and John never calls it a miracle. He always calls it a sign. He calls it a sign because it points to something. It points to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Messiah that they've been waiting for. And they need to put their faith in Him. And Jesus says, you missed it. You're just coming to Me so that you can have physical bread. And that's not wrong. But the problem is, they're just settling for physical bread when He wants to give them so much more. He goes on and He says, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him God the Father has set His seal. Notice that. Don't just labor for physical food. Turn to the Son of Man. He will give you food that does not... Spo- He'll give you eternal bread. Jesus saying, guess what? You're, you're stunned that I gave you physical bread? I can give you eternal bread. I'd be happy to give you both. You can have it all. Don't settle just for physical bread. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? He answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. Believe in Jesus. That's what you're called to do. Put your faith in Him and you can have that bread. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe? Which is incredible because he just performed the sign of feeding the 5,000, but they missed it. Went right over their heads. 
What work will you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You see what they're saying? This is what our fathers did. He, they gave us bread in the wilderness every day for 40 years. If you could do that, <laughs> that'd be one of, if every single day you could perform this, this little trick that you do, then we'll believe in you. So they want a recapitulation of the manna coming down from heaven. Again, they, they still don't quite get it. He wants to do something even better than that. 32, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my fathers, correcting their theology. Very important because it's God who gives you the true bread. And he says the true bread from heaven. And then he says in 33, For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. Which shows they still don't quite get it. They want it every single day. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. God gives bread to take care of our physical hunger, but He also gives bread to help us to understand who Jesus is so that He can say, Jesus is the bread of life. That's the way of God saying there is temporary hunger and then there is eternal hunger. We could state it this way. There is stomach hunger and there is soul hunger. And God is saying, I will take care of your stomach hunger, but I also can take care of your soul hunger. And only I can do it. You're fascinated by the manna that came down from heaven. A day is coming when I'm going to give you the true bread. And then Jesus comes and He says, I am the true bread that the Father is offering to give life to the world. Feast on Me by believing in Me and you'll never hunger, you'll never thirst again. And I will take care of your hunger at a level you didn't even know existed. That's what God is offering us. The bread of life to take care of our deepest needs. C.S. Lewis was so right when he says we are far too easily pleased. We sell for so little and God wants to give us so much. Do you know this bread? Have you feasted of this bread? And Jesus told us what we have to do. We just have to believe in Him. And as we look to Him, and sometimes we have to do it every day, but as we look to Him, He will satisfy those deep desires and cravings that we have. And we have to remember that there's a place in our soul where only God can satisfy that hunger. That's why so many people are restless. You hear about celebrities who have it all. They have fame. They have fortune. And sometimes they're depressed. And you think, how could they be depressed? They have everything. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have everything. There is something missing. And only Jesus Christ can fill that void within our souls. I think it was Pascal who said, God has created us with a God-shaped void and we're trying to fill it with things. 
but only God can fill it. It's huge. It's like going to the Grand Canyon and taking out a little shovel, trying to fill it up. Only God can fill the chasm because it's huge. But when we turn to Him, we find that He is more than satisfying, more than adequate to meet our deepest needs. So by all means, pray for bread. But also remember that there is a greater bread that God wants to give us. The bread of life that's found in Jesus Christ. And can we be confident that God will meet our needs? We can. Because He's given us Christ. And let me just close with one verse, Romans 8.32. But a great reminder, Paul says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him Graciously give us all things. You see the logic here? Paul is saying, if God has given us Jesus Christ, the greatest thing He has, if He didn't spare Jesus but gave Him up on the cross to die for our sins, if God would give us that, then the logic is He'll give us all things. There's nothing He would withhold from us because He's already given us the greatest thing that there is. So everything else is just lesser. So here's what we can say. As the psalmist said in Psalm 84.11, no good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. If it is good for you, God will give it to you. If God is saying no when you're asking for something, it's because your Father knows that it's not best. You can trust Him. He's given us Christ. Give us the greatest thing that there is. He will give us all that we need. There's nothing that He's withholding from us because it's not good for us. If we can just trust Him as we pour out our hearts to Him. Let's close in prayer. Father, again, we're so thankful that we can call You Father. And how great to know that we can bring everything before You. Father, as we bring our request before You, Father, even this morning, I want to pray that You give us confidence that You will answer according to Your will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And Father, may we be confident that You will provide for us as we look at the cross and we see Your provision in Jesus Christ. You have provided for for our greatest need, which is salvation. And if You will provide for that, surely You will provide for all our lesser needs. So fill us with confidence. Fill us with hope as we look to You. In Jesus' name, Amen.